Welcome back to Rimbrazier's podcast, episode four. Um, today I'm joined by Frank, and today we actually got Chance on because there's no mistakes, at least so far. Chance, you <laughs> want to say hi to people and um, where you're from and what team you're root for? All right, hello to the people. My name is Chance. I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina, and because of that, I'm a Hornets fan. So that's about the only reason. Just a local team, kind of stuck with it, but I love them. I can't help it. <laughs> yeah, so last time we were on, um, you brought up something really interesting about point guards, and we started debating. And we decided we are going to make a list of our own top fives at each position. And that's what we're doing today. So we're each going to share our own top fives and then just, you know, go about it from there. Uh, we're going to start... We're actually just going to go in order. So we're going to start with point guards. And I'm going to let Chance share his first since he was the one that came up with the point guards first. All right. So I'll just go ahead and list my top five. So my top five point guards in order were Magic Johnson, John Stockton, Steph Curry, Isaiah Thomas, the slightly taller one, and Chris Paul coming in at number five. And my top five is, uh, the top three is exactly the same, but I have Chris Paul at four, and I have Steve Nash at five. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so mine is Magic Johnson, Steph Curry, John Stockton, Oscar Robinson, and then Chris Paul. So... All right, um, so let's talk about Steve Nash. Yeah. <laughs> Why Steve Nash cracked <laughs> so, at number five? I like, love Steve I'm, Nash. I'm, I'm looking at Isaiah Thomas's numbers, and he was a great player and all, and I feel like the Bad Boy Pistons defensively are like one of the best teams assembled, and it just looks like Steve Nash, like according to the rating, apparently is a better defender than Isaiah Thomas. I mean, Steve Nash wasn't a bad defender. Um, but Isaiah Thomas, looking at the numbers, he just wasn't shooting as well as Nash was. Um, I just feel like Nash, even though he wasn't as aggressive as he could have been, and Brandon brought that up that because he did play soccer prior to basketball, he was basically taught don't shoot unless you know you're going to make it. So I just don't think he was as aggressive, but if he was, I mean, I think he could have been averaging well over 25 a game. And I, just his efficiencies are just much better than Isaiah Thomas. And I would say Steve Nash was a better passer than Isaiah also. But I would say the only thing is Isaiah was a better defender than me. That's, that's what it looks like. Yeah. So. so I'd say Isaiah better defender for sure. Um, I mean, on, on their career, I'm not looking at Steve Nash's numbers, but Isaiah gave you 19 and 9. So Steve mm -hmm. Nash is absolutely a better passer. I mean, he's got one of the best just feels for the game like court awareness ever i love watching steve nash pass the ball i think there's a world that exists where that if you just let steve nash go like if you say okay i mean obviously the the suns was already his offense but if you're like this is gonna run through you he's kind of like the precursor he would have been the precursor to steph curry he was an incredible shooter if they really unlocked him and just let him launch That'd be one thing, but I don't know if that would have ever been his play style either. Like, he's such a facilitator. But I, that was an interesting number five. I was not expecting to see Steve <laughs> Nash in the top five. I don't know why, because I love him. 
but that surprised me. I mean, I was bounced around Steve Nash and Jason Kidd, and then as I looked at it more and more, I I couldn't put either of them in. I saw a lot of people had like Jason Kidd in there also, looking at other people's rankings and stuff. And like, I love Jason Kidd too, so I wanted to put him in there, but I just looking at the numbers and the shooting, I just think Nash is just better overall. That's just why I put him in there. Like, I was debating between him and Isaiah and Oscar Robertson. And I think the reason why I left Oscar out, even though the incredible numbers he's putting up and he was averaging a triple-double most of his career, is is the era. And I think that's going to come up when we talk about centers as well. Is I just don't know how it translates to today's game when you have better better teams and better players. I don't want to say that they were slouches or bad. It's just... I think it's just a harder translation when you go back 40 years. Yeah. yeah. Just no, like I agree. play and stuff too. It's it's strange to judge. But yeah, I didn't have Oscar in my top five. I love that he averaged a triple-double. I love that about mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook too, but no, I wasn't going to put Russell Westbrook in my top five either. I love Chris Paul. I think he's just such like a – you couldn't give a point guard like a better – mind for basketball than Chris Paul has like yeah. if you want anybody to be the floor general of your offense I think he's an incredible person to go with except maybe you know John Stockton <laughs> yeah and his defense <laughs> yeah. is so good too it's like he he does everything there's I don't think there's anything he can't do like when they when they give him the opportunity to just take the ball and create a shot he'll do it and he'll either hit mm-hmm. a long three or he'll break you down the mid-range and hit a fadeaway or He'll get the defense so out of position that it's just an open shot for someone else. And now on defense, I've watched him guard like dudes that are six, seven inches taller than him, and he just doesn't move. It's insane. Yeah, he's like a little, I don't even know, but he's so strong. Yeah, he's so stocky. And, you know, he's in year 14 of his career, and historically, like past the age of 30, short point guards don't age well but he is having a great year in oklahoma city like they're overachieving i think more than anybody thought they were going to this year so yeah i agree um a guy that none of us had on our list was jerry west um what do you think about that i think i think people at least that i've seen and i guess in my opinion i think he's more of a two guard yeah i count him as a shooting guard also that's why he's not on my list that's fair. I think I don't I don't know if he played point guard for them. I don't know what he was listed at, but I just I feel like he was more of a two guard. He was listed at point guard. I was honestly I thought the same thing you guys did, and that's why I didn't put him on either. And um but we'll get to that I guess when we get to shooting guards too. I just thought I'd mention that. Um What about so I had Steph Curry behind Magic but ahead of John Stockton. Meanwhile, you guys had it Magic stockton curry right i got that right yeah so that was the other discrepancy why why step Mm -hmm. in front of stockton i just think his ability on offense is just otherworldly um and i know on defense he's not the same but and the assist numbers aren't exactly there but i think steph curry creates a shot for people that most people won't see because like it doesn't show up in the box score because it'll be like a swing swing assist and um, mm-hmm. I, I understand like John Stockton has a better defense, but like if you had to tell me like if I'm gonna pick one or the other to put on my team, I I'd, I'd go with Curry. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I mean, I had Stockton no. ahead of him, and I and I don't even know if I would draft 
it's such a weird thing because I think <laughs> well Steph Curry's career is still happening for one. I mean he's got more championships than Stockton, but. Oh, God, it's just Stockton, nine-time assist champ, two-time steals champ, eleven times All NBA, five times All Defense. Mm-hmm. That that is a incredibly just decorated career. Not to say <laughs> Steph Curry has any less of a decorated career as the best shooter of all time, but you're really just kind of nitpicking when you're getting with these guys. I mean, people yeah, would exactly. kill to have any of them on their team. Looks well, like Steph Curry's been the five finals in a row. Um, Strangely enough, has not won a Finals MVP. Um, even though I, he definitely should have at least one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he should have got the Iggy year for sure. Yeah, but I, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I don't really blame anybody to want to go Stockton. I guess I just feel like most people would pick Steph Curry if they needed somebody. And I was honestly debating putting him ahead of Magic, but just Magic overall, just uh, everything he's done, dude, is just crazy. He's honestly the best player in NBA history until Michael Jordan showed up, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I would say that's probably accurate, outside of some of the centers that were around. But, I mean, he changed, like, the idea that if you're a certain height, (laughs) you can't run the floor and run the offense as a point guard. Like, without Magic Johnson, like, there's no LeBron James happening. Like, they would have played him totally different if Magic kind of hadn't played the way he had as a big point guard. And how many finals did he make it to? Nine? Uh, I want to say it's nine out of like 13 years. I, I might be wrong. I don't know. Yeah, you just get a head. generational talent that's a yeah. gifted passer and that tall and can defend and make everyone else on the floor better. It's just... Uh, but it really man. is like the LeBron before the LeBron. Like they were in the finals almost every year. Like there wasn't a finals where like you're not talking about Magic's team competing. And he... uh one of the most marketable personalities in NBA history. So you're yeah. making a lot of money with them on your team too. <laughs> right. Um, all right. I felt like that wasn't too debatable. And I don't know the shooting no. guards. I don't know if they're going to get more interesting, but I'll let Frank start on this one. Um, the other thing I wanted to just note real quick is how um, when we were talking about like averaging triple doubles and things like that. I always thought that, especially Westbrook doing, I always thought like, rebounds are a kind of overrated stat and I also kind of felt that way about assists but I think you can make the case more for an assist the only reason why I say that is because you have the ball handler who's usually the point guard and they're going to have the ball you know like 90% of the game you know they're going to pass it to someone who's going to eventually make a shot but when you look at like John Stockton and Magic Johnson and Chris Paul and Isaiah, like you see them, and Oscar, of course, you see them up there with averaging like 10, 9 assists. I mean, especially in that era, it's like they were doing more than just giving it to an open guy. I mean, they their passes made people open, you know? So mm-hmm. I just wanted to leave it at that, that, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what like advanced stats are for too. I mean, yeah. per isn't perfect, but if you look at like their per, um, their, their player efficiency rating, it's it's probably gonna be very similar and i think that's where you would account for like the assists that he doesn't have versus somebody who averaged that many assists because yeah exactly he does things where it's not gonna show up exactly in a uh just in your typical box score that people look at yeah steph 
is the most efficient person that has the most inefficient play style of all time. <laughs> he's one of the most efficient people, period, of all time. But it's like he's literally yeah. just out there chucking threes at a higher percentage than some people are in the NBA hitting layups. Like, it's ridiculous. His true shooting percentage from his MVP years, 63%, 66%. And then it's 62% in 2017 and 67% in 2018. Like, that's just unreal. It's just, uh, yeah. For a guy that's just shooting as many threes as he does. Yeah, that's dumb. I could see why you'd want to put him second. Like, I would totally agree with that. Like, his play style just changed how offenses and defenses have to play him and now match up against different people in the NBA now. He just completely changed the game the past decade. So I mean, you really could have put him first, and I couldn't just have been like, well, you're wrong. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's <laughs> like he has an argument. He's incredible. Yeah. I mean, he's still, what, he's 32. And, you know, his play style, as long as he can stay healthy, is going to age incredibly well. Yeah. Like, incredibly um, well. He's always going to have a place on the court. Right. And play, playing around Clay too, it's just... <laughs> impossible to guard <laughs> talking about in my opinion the best two shooters of all time yeah and just yeah you remember in like it was like 2012 something like that i forget i think mark jackson was the coach at the time and he was like yeah this is the best shooting backcourt in nba history and people were like whoa now <laughs> <laughs> and then they wrecked every single record ever like i, like I tried to tell you <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, so we want to close. You want to move on to shooting guards? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So my top three is well, top five is MJ, Kobe, D Wade, Ray Allen, and then Clay Thompson. All right. Wow. Ray Allen and Clay Thompson, kind of out yeah. of nowhere for me. I feel like those first three in terms of shooting guards is just undebatable. It's it's like yeah. the, those. I'll, are the I'll admit right now the, the first three for me are that same exact order. Yeah. MJ, Kobe, Dwayne Wade. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's just those are the three most storied shooting guards in NBA history, probably. My top five to round it out. So I had the MJ, Kobe, D Wade, and then my four was James Harden. I put James Harden at number four, Ooh. and then at five I put Jerry West. Okay. All right. So I have the sameish chance up to the last spot. So I have MJ, Kobe. D Wade, James Harden, and then I put Clyde Drexler as my fifth. Hmm. All right. I like that. I was debating throwing Clyde in mine, but well, I'm the reason I put Clyde was logo. I was just watching so much, and like it's just like when looking at his stats, um, he I think the lowest year he averaged was like eighteen points per game, so he is always getting you twenty points a night, no matter what. Um. Also, very underrated passer. Like, extremely underrated. His assists, like, the number of assists he was getting per game are just about the same as Harden's. And even just watching some highlights of him, um, just, like, he makes the same pass, passes that James Harden does. Actually, probably a little bit more flashy, if anything. It's kind of amazing, like, some of the... Like, his vision. Not very talked about. Now, obviously, his finishing ability around the rim is ridiculous. Yeah, he's... I mean, he's an incredible player. It's just, he's kind of, I feel like he was kind of like D-Wade before D-Wade. Yeah. Mm. and Slightly better shooter, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah. The reason I put Jerry West in that fifth spot is just, I mean, he averaged on his career 27-6 rebord, 7 assists. Like, 
That's almost like LeBron numbers. <laughs> That's pretty much he's, <laughs> he's almost averaged the same numbers as LeBron. On top of that, five times all defensive team, 12 times all NBA. You know, at the time, way less players were in the NBA to compete for those spots. So, I mean, that's still, you know, five times you're a top 15 player in the league at least. So I just had to go with the logo on that one. I'd be interested to see how his game would translate. But I mean, yeah, especially since there was no three point line. Yeah. Right. So that, that would be interesting to me. I feel like the top three, like, is set in stone. Like, there's really no debate. And MJ, Kobe, yeah. D Wade is the best three shooting guards of all time. Yeah. I mean, Kobe's like a clone copy of MJ. Um, but just about as successful of a career as MJ. Um, and then D Wade, he's like, it's weird. I don't know if I'd put him up there with Kobe and MJ, but like, he's also not in with the other guys below him. So he like perfectly fits in at three. Like, I don't have any way to like move him up or down. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. You can't make the case that he's better than Kobe or Michael, but. I don't, but he I don't was know a really good defender. Of him. I mean, maybe James Harden might come for his spot, but I feel like James Harden will have to. He'll have to probably get a ring, and I hate saying that because I know it's it's not all about <laughs> rings. Like, so much of that has to do outside of the individual player's performance. But the, so far, the knock on him, while be it, it's not completely accurate, is that he doesn't perform in the playoffs. While I think he does perform well in the playoffs, he hasn't actually succeeded all the way yet but i mean those rockets teams gave the warriors a run for their money a very serious one i mean if chris paul doesn't go down that one year there's a good chance that they end up in that finals yeah um so i had i had ray and clay back to back at four and five and i feel like people maybe forget or just sleep on how good ray allen used to be like athletically especially the Milwaukee days. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could just go out and just get you a bucket. And he was still effective on those Boston teams. And even for Miami, I mean, he was transitioning into more of a shooter. But again, I just one of the greatest shooters in NBA history. And his defense was also extremely good. And so Clay, Clay's interesting because I wanted to put him above D. Wade, even though I love Wade. I think, I think maybe Clay can get there. I just think... I mean, he's only 30. I think I just don't think he's there yet. But, I mean, he has all the tools. He's second-best shooter in, his, in NBA history. Um, just his play style has also changed uh, offensive and defensive schemes. He's a terrific on-ball defender. I think he just – he's got a lot of years left, especially bearing any setback with that ACL. Um, I think he can get there. I just, I just – I don't think I could disrespect Wade and put Clay there yet. But I think when it's all said and done in like four or five years, I think Clay could be at that three spot. But I just couldn't put him there yet. Well, I'm a big Ray Allen advocate, um, <laughs> and like like you said, Milwaukee and Seattle, he did way more than mm-hmm. just shoot the three ball. Like he could take you off the dribble. He, dude, he's like dunking on people. Wasn't he in the dunk contest when he was with Milwaukee at one point too? Um, but That's yeah, but there's. Yeah. I think a lot of people only remember him for Boston, Miami, where he's kind of slotted as like a third or like in Miami, he's just kind of a not really a go-to guy. He's just, you know, he's there to shoot the ball. Um, But yeah, I just, I don't know. I think people forget about how good he was on those two teams and how much more he did. He wasn't a bad defender either. He wasn't the best defender, but he wasn't just giving up a basket every play. As he got older, you definitely saw that that slide off. But 
Yeah, no, I just, I just think people forget about those old days where he used to do a lot more than just shoot. So yeah, I mean that's why I had him up there. Yeah, I think the uh, so Ray Allen at four, I can see Clay Thompson at five. I feel like he fits in well at five, but you say you, like you might end up slotting him ahead of D Wade. I think I think when he's like thirty five or thirty six, whenever he retires, I think maybe when it's said and done, yeah, but not yet. Maybe I don't know. That's a tough one for me though, just because I don't see Clay as being like the best player on a team that wins the championship. Whereas D Wade was by far the best player on that 06 Heat team. The 06, yeah, that won mm-hmm. that title. I don't know if Clay, like I love Clay. I think he's probably the best running mate like him and Steph Curry are just a match made in heaven <laughs> like to play on a basketball team <laughs> together you literally couldn't have find two people that complement each other more Clay's so good defensively too like he's got a very well ran of the game I just had to put James Harden up there just because like what he's doing on the offensive end I mean while it's totally catered for him to be putting up these insane numbers like nobody's really ever done it like that and I just gotta give him a little shout out for that but yeah Ray Allen I kind of like him at four. He wasn't my four, but I like that you put him there. Just because, I mean, on his career, he still averaged 19 points a game. And that was, you know, he came to Boston essentially to be a third option. And, like, he kind of knew that was the case. Whereas there's a stretch from, I'm looking at his basketball reference now, from the 99 to 2000 season Mm -hmm. until 06, 07. So Mm -hmm. the year before he went to play with Boston, he didn't average less than 20 in any of those seasons. One season getting 26 a game, 125, like a couple around 23, 24. And then he goes to Boston and he kind of fits into that role where he's pretty much strictly doing 17, 18 a night, which is still great for a third option. I mean, he was killing it. Plus in those years where he was averaging in the 20s, those three points attempted, I mean, they're solid, like, ranging from five to the most three points attempted he uh, per game in a season was 8.4 like Mm -hmm. if you put ray allen on a team today you get him the ball and you say launch launch that thing (laughs) like i I feel like in today's nba the way that he could play make off the dribble too like he had a really nice handle that he kind of just didn't use anymore once he got the boss and they kind of used him as like running off the ball creating space for others but I think that like you could make him a primary ball handler and just give him the keys to the offense. I think he could have easily averaged close to thirty a game for several seasons in today's NBA, where they would have just cleared out for him. Yeah, especially if he's able to get to the line as much too. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you just look at his career shooting percentages, it's insane. Shot eighty nine percent from the free throw line for his career, forty percent for three, and his field goal percentage was forty five, but. Again, it's you, just, that's insane. You look at that stretch that you noted, know Chance, from 99 to 02, and he's shooting 42 and 43% from deep. And that's in a, you know, it's two decades ago, but today's average, league average, three-point shooting is around 36%. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just just insane, the shooting. <laughs> yeah. so so efficient. He really was. He, uh, God, if only he came in the league about six years later i guess i don't even know but i mean he still it's not like it hurt him he had the most three-pointers made ever for i mean he still does steph curry's going to catch him (laughs) yeah it's only a matter of time but (laughs) yeah um all right should we move on to small forwards yep let's do it all right 
I'll start this time. So, I have a feeling you guys might not like the order too much. But So, I have, <laughs> <laughs> I have LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Julius Irving, Larry Bird, and Elgin Baylor. Okay, so mine, I have the same people, different order. So I have LeBron as one. Again, that's just undebatable. Yeah, that's like, a good it, yeah. <laughs> I just don't, if you try to tell me any small forward is better than LeBron ever, I don't, I just don't believe it. Um, and then I had year two and three swapped. I put Larry Bird as the second and Kevin Durant as the third best. I think Kevin Durant could catch Larry, but I think. I just don't know if he's there yet. Just looking at the numbers, I love Katie's game. I think he's probably if I had to pick anybody to get me a bucket one on one ever, he might be who I go with. But I have him as my third best small forward. And then at four, I had Dr. J. At five, I had Elgin Baylor. So I had the same order as you, Mac. So LeBron, Katie, Dr. J, Larry Bird. But at five, I have Scottie Pippen. Oh, you threw Pippen there. Uh, it was I was looking at Elgin, I was looking at Pippen, yeah. and I was even looking at T Mac and I I just had to go with Scotty. Okay, because I was debating Elgin and Scotty. I actually even have a side uh-huh. note here, like Scotty would have been my six, but I just the reason I put Elgin in there is because he had just the amount of points he scored and like even just watching his game, I think he'd be okay if he if he had to play in today's game. Um, and at the small, he's able to shoot position. the ball, and he was just so strong, dude. Like just watching him power through people and score, just allow. Like imagine today where people would have to just kind of let him do that. When there's like back then there was mad hand checking, you just like deck people. Yeah, yeah. It's just amazing how strong he was. Plus, he averaged thirteen and a half boards a game. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do six five. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> so I think. I think for me, it's, it's like kind of the era thing again, but I don't deny his, his greatness and being in the Hall of Fame. Just for me, I feel like Scotty, there was more to his game as far as uh, the three-point shot, the defense. I think Scotty's one of the best defenders of all time. And I, again, I think the big thing would just be the era and maybe the, you know, I don't know. It's close between those two, but for me, for me, it would be Pippen. Uh, all right, yeah, Pippen at five is a is another interesting choice because you can make the argument, you know, his numbers aren't quite there with everybody else on the list, mm-hmm. but he just did what he had to do perfectly. And the one year that he wasn't with, I mean, obviously, aside from the Portland years, like talking years that were in his prime, and even that Portland team was in the Western Conference Finals against Kobe mm-hmm. and Shaq. But yeah. the year that Michael was gone, I mean, Scotty, I think was fourth in MVP voting, something like that. It's just, I, I think, I think he led that Bulls team in points and assists that year. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know, I know he stepped up big. So yeah, so I mean, I can't really argue putting him as five. I think in terms of talent, yeah, with the numbers, I don't know, but I can't argue him at five. Why'd y'all both go KD over Larry Bird? Um. So, well, I okay, so my mind, I had, um, I even had Dr. J before Larry Bird, and I honestly, I don't know why I put him before, I, because I guess it could be either way. I felt like it was more of a toss-up, really, 
because if Dr. J had played in the NBA longer, um, I think he could have easily played in the NBA. Um, but like, I don't think anything would have changed. I feel like he would have been just as dominant as he was. I mean, he even had an MVP year. Um, when he got to the NBA, he won a championship, and that was all. I think he was past thirty or close to it. But uh, I wouldn't really have a counter argument for why Larry Bird should be past him. I mean, Larry Bird has three MVPs. Um, I think, right? I hope I'm getting yeah. that right. I'm seeing yeah. Dr. J has four though. Is that counting the ABA or is that just that's the counting NBA? ABA? Yeah. So he had three uh, okay. ABA MVPs, one NBA MVP. Um, he won two ABA championships, one NBA championship. So I don't know. Like I think that's where it gets kind of iffy. Um, but I think in general, like he made the ABA as popular as he did, and then mm-hmm. it's kind of part of the reason why there was even a merger to begin with. And they brought a lot over a ton of things from the NBA. So I feel like overall, like even his influence, which I know shouldn't be too, like counted too much, but um, like a lot of people want to play just like him. So I think that's like pretty important as well. I had Katie too, just because, you know, in my mind, a lot of people's minds, I don't know if you guys agree, but he's the best scorer of all time. I mean, it's just almost impossible to guard a seven foot three-point shooter (laughs) it's just can just pull up anywhere can get his own shot it's just like maybe Giannis and Kawhi are probably the only two players I've ever seen actually contest his shot um so that's why I have him at two and then just comparing him with Bird I mean they're both almost identical in terms of percentages I mean KD has the edge by three percent in terms of effective field goal percentage um I just feel like KD was tougher to guard than Larry Bird, and again, different, slightly different era. So, um, I mean, Bird is still one of the best shooters in history as well. And I put Dr. J above him just because, I mean, Larry did average 24 and 10 for his career. Um, but the win shares when it comes to Dr. J, as far as defensive efficiencies go, he just is just off the charts. And I just think he, he did a lot more in terms of defense and providing more for the team. But I don't know. I mean, you can really argue all those in, in the orders you guys have, but I don't know. I feel like Kevin Durant is just better than yeah. Dr. J and Larry Bird. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know. That's I feel what, yeah, like he's already passed them. I don't know how you said that yeah. Dr. J and Larry Bird. In both of them. Yeah. I think Kevin Durant's yeah. better than both. Yeah, yeah, see, I think Kevin Durant, like, ah, man, I don't know. Because like it's the athleticism. Today, I think he goes down the second best small forward easy. Yeah, I don't know if it's easy, though, because Larry Bird, man. I mean, so KD averages three more points than Larry Bird on his career. Larry Bird averages two more assists, plus he's a double-digit rebounder on his career. That's including some years with a pretty busted-up back, too. Larry Bird made all... All defensive team three times, ten times All NBA. Katie's at nine times All NBA, so he's gonna catch him there. But not, yeah, not one All Defensive Team. They both won Rookie of the Year. Larry Bird won three MVPs. Katie's got the one MVP. They're both two times Finals MVPs. Bird's got one more championship. I know Mackie's hoping Katie catches him in that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, no argument Kevin Durant is the better all-around scorer. But, I mean, in terms of just pure shooting, I feel like they're pretty even. Bird's the better rebounder, despite giving up a couple inches and a lot of athleticism. And Larry Bird's just floor vision is insane. Honestly, 6.3 assists, like, felt low to me. For some reason, I thought it was going to be higher than that, just watching videos of him pass the ball, the way he can move it. So, I think... He's definitely a better passer. I think it would be hard to argue. This is one of those situations where it's, like, hard to argue that you would take Larry Bird over Kevin Durant if you were starting a team. But I feel like Kevin Durant still has a little bit of ground to make up to catch him in terms of just career success. I think I think what slightly helped Bird with the rebounding was that he was listed at power forward for his, the first five years of his career. And then, I mean, it dipped off a little bit, only by like one or two rebounds. But um, I think that, that helps the numbers a little bit. But I, in terms of who I'd rather guard, I, <laughs> I think I'd rather guard Larry Bird, even though I would get shit on either way. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's why I have KD at two, just because it's just impossible to stop him. So. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Kevin Durant's a better scorer. But I think Larry Bird is better at pretty much everything else. I mean, maybe not physically defensively, but he just has more defensive hardware than Kevin. I think Kevin's yeah. a better rim protector for sure with his athleticism and length. On the perimeter, I would assume Kevin should be better because he's more athletic, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much that holds true. I mean, back in Larry Bird's day, too, a lot of people he was guarding, he didn't have to respect at the three-point line <laughs> like Kevin Durant yeah. would have to. <laughs> but, yeah, I think I think that's where there may, there may be some wiggle room on there. Who would you I have as your fifth again, Frank? List. I had Pippen. Oh, yeah, Pippen. That's what the other difference was. What do you, do you, what do you guys think of, because I know, Mackie, when you made the rundown, you, you were talking about how um, positionless – how who like how do we decide where someone is? And then you brought up the example of T Mac. Um, did you guys consider T Mac trying to slip in at five or have him at six? I didn't have him at all. I I didn't have him at all just because I like as much as I love T Mac. It's just he was kind of riddled by injuries. It's yeah. like I think he had potential to be one of the best players. Like just his athleticism, how well he could score the basketball. I would love that. I would love for him to be on this list. He was so fun to watch, but mm-hmm. he was just hurt a lot. My question is, it's kind of along the same question. How far does Kawhi miss this list for y'all? Far. Far? I don't <sighs> think I'd put him. I guess he'd be top 10. I, yeah, he I doesn't play 10. enough, dude. Yeah, he does yeah. load manage a lot. So, like, I, think, I just don't know. I guess he is consistent when he does play, but it's as we get further down this list, there's another guy that I'll bring up that also just didn't play enough. Yeah, because it's like if you're look examining the whole career, then I feel like it's tough to put Kawhi ahead of anybody currently we have in the small forwards. But I mean, he's also he's, still pretty young, though. He is pretty young, and if that's, you just that's... take peak, like how good they are when they're healthy and playing at a hundred percent. Oh, I'd, I'd probably have him at that, five at that mean. point. I think, I think, yeah, it's kind of like the same thing that I have with, or the same argument I have with Clay, even though Clay's like two years older. I just think uh, Kawhi is just a little too young for me to really put him up here yet. I think when it's all said and done, he can be. But yeah, like you said, Chance, when he's on the court, I mean, he's 
He'll, he's giving you playmaking. He's giving you rebounding. I'd say he's the best on-ball defender in the league when on well, the just, court right now. I'd he say just evolved so much, but um, not to cut you off, but just looking at it, so he's played, he's only had two seasons where he's played more than 70 games. But let's say we don't count that against him. If you look at his numbers to start his career, it's just, it took him a while to achieve yeah. being like, all right, this is our guy, and he's easily just going to destroy you. Um, the year they won the finals, he only averaged 12 points per game that year. Um, I wouldn't say he was even the best player on that team in the finals, even though he, he played much better. But um, I think it's still easily like Tim Duncan, Manu, and Tony Parker that kind of drove that team home. I think it was more of like a passing of torch moment because Kawhi was clearly like their centerpiece going forward and he has moments where like you're just like holy shit like this guy's gonna be good but yeah. um he didn't make his first all-star team until 2016 and that's when he actually like started to finally break out he's averaging 21 points per game and then bumps up to 25 and he has a year where he just doesn't play a game for san antonio for some reason and then he gets traded last year and he has like one of the best seasons in like nba history Besides yeah. playing sixty games, I'd, I'd agree. The, he's peak performance is incredible. Whole body of work isn't there yet. I, I was just interested to see mm-hmm. where y'all might have him in this row. Because I mean, in my mind, he's pretty much Scottie Pippen that can shoot and not quite as good as of a, of a passer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would I would say it's like between Hawaii and Dr. J for in terms of the, my top five as far as being the best defenders of all time. I think he's right there with Dr. J, but yeah, I mean he's incredible defensively. And Pippen. I think I'm changing I just, my order. I just I'm know. Ahead. <laughs> I'm convinced. I just know the one of the big things. I mean, I guess I shouldn't put too much uh, too much stock in this, but when the 2013 Finals hit and a young rookie Kawhi checks in against LeBron James and LeBron turns around, he's at the free throw line. He just goes fuck. Like why does he have to check in? That tells you that tells you something. So yeah, I don't know. Oh god, I want that Western Conference Finals matchup more than like anything right mm-hmm. now. All I can think about though is last year's finals. Um, it's just like Kawhi played amazing and everything, but man, when KD came back in, dude, just absolutely destroyed him for eleven minutes. Just oh god, shot yeah, on eleven him, minutes like, of just. Oh. Yep. Golden State tearing into them. Like when he was on the court, you're just like, oh, well, Golden State's going to win again. And then he just goes down. It was so unfortunate. I mean, I don't really think there's an argument that if that Golden State team is 100%, that That they win. Yeah, Yeah. that they win. I mean, they still took them to six. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. I don't think it's a sweep. Clay Thompson, ACL. I mean, I don't think they're really that close in that game, but clearly that threw away any chance right there is when Clay Thompson went down too. Mhm. Yeah, I'm. I'm with. I'm with you. Uh, I mean, when he's on the court, he's great, but he's just got to stay healthy. Stay yeah, it was just like that little snapshot there. I was like, oh god, dude, it was just, just like the similar monster. thing to when Katie showed up, and it was against the Cavs the year before. It's like, okay, the Cavs can play as good as they want, but it just felt so hopeless because you just watch how easy it was for that Golden State team to just <laughs> score whenever they wanted. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, best, best best NBA team assembled. I mean, it's if not, it's got to be pretty damn close. Like maybe the 
uh, one of the Bulls teams you want to pick, maybe one of the classic Lakers teams, but that's about yeah. it. Like, I just don't know what you do with that with that lineup. It's just what do you stupid. do against the best two shooters of all time and the best scorer of all time? Not to mention Draymond. Yeah, and Kevin Durant's and, and probably then, like a top five shooter in the league at the time. Yeah, yeah. You pretty much have yeah. Steph Curry, really tall Steph Curry. <laughs> <laughs> Ray Allen, like Ray Allen 2.0, and then you know Draymond, and whoever plays. <laughs> <the game. laughs> yeah, whether it's Cousins or Dirty Zaza Pachulia, I guess. But yeah, or Javale. Now, see, speaking of Dirty Zaza, it would have been real interesting to see that Spurs Warriors series. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If if Kawhi didn't go down, Kawhi doesn't but, go down. Yeah. So that was unfortunate, but these things happen unfortunately i think one of the things that too makes like a point guard like really good is just how they make their players better around them and like from that golden state team dude festus has really made so much money <laughs> and like i haven't <laughs> seen him or heard of him since <laughs> there's a bunch of other guys too i feel like kevin looney's gonna be one of those dudes too it's kind of like the paytech tristan thompson guy yeah I mean, obviously, Tristan Thompson's better than Festus Azili, but that dude got paid way too much money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we move into power forwards, I guess, as long as you guys have nothing left to input onto this. No, I'm good to go. Oh, yeah. good. I definitely, I changed my, I, you changed my mind, not about Kevin Durant and Larry Bird, but you changed my mind about Larry Bird and Julius Serving, which, honestly, I probably should have just had that way from the start, but... <laughs> all right so i, for I think power, i had that at first too but yeah yeah i don't, I don't know so i was like oh he's a good defender and this and that and like again i do think if he played in the nba his numbers wouldn't have changed but just in general like i don't know when i started looking at the advanced stuff too like the amount of assists that larry bird had and i also yeah. didn't even realize how many rebounds per game i didn't yeah i didn't notice that so yeah Anyway. chance you've changed their mind <laughs> <laughs> yeah larry bird's ridiculous i used to love larry bird highlights i ate them up all day he's just such a good passer and that was my favorite part about his game and it's just like this man can't jump four inches off the ground and like how is he just wrecking people on offense it doesn't make any sense shot from like the side of his head but it was just <laughs> so money every single time you know the thing that i noticed was he didn't shoot as many threes as i like per game that i thought he actually did. No, dude, you put Larry Bird in today's NBC. So, like, he's, he'd be ridiculous. It's just like, I'd he would like, just I'd launch like, threes. I'd be like, Larry, listen, you're taking, like, six threes a game minimum. Yeah, at least. If you don't <laughs> take six threes this game, I'm going to find you. Yeah. <laughs> it's and like your job during the summer is to shoot more, not work on your yeah. farm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so let's move on to power forwards. I thought... This was interesting and honestly yes. probably harder for me than like the centers because I, I don't know. There's a couple things here that I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Like someone at five could easily be like two, um, mm -hmm. but I'll let, I'll let one of you two start. I'll let you decide. All right. Uh, Frank, you want it or you want me to go? Um, you can go. Okay. So my top five power forwards in this order are... Tim Duncan, number one. I don't know if y'all consider him a center, but I've always considered him a power forward, and I think he's 
just the best to do it at that position. Number two, Carl Malone. <laughs> unfortunately. No, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, I had Charles Barkley. Uh, fourth, I had Kevin Garnett. And then fifth, I had Dirk Nowitzki. Okay. So I had the exact same five, just a different order. I have Tim, Tim Duncan at f- number one, and then unfortunately Carl at two. <laughs> uh, I have Dirk at three, Barkley at four, and KG at five. All right, I have the same players too, just slightly different order again. So I had <laughs> Tim Duncan at one. Unfortunately, Carmel on at two. <laughs> <laughs> Charles Barkley at three. Dirk Nowitzki at four. And KG at five. So. Um, we all have this. All I'm have honestly surprised we all have the same five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this was like my one position where I was like, oh, I feel like this one's going to be weird. I, You know, I was seeing the same thing, but like when it came down to it, it's like I felt like these players were clearly like arms and like way better than any of the other players except the only side note i have here is elvin hayes if i were to like make this list longer he'd probably be six um Mm -hmm. he averaged what was like 25 points per game and like 12 rebounds per game for his career something crazy like that just unbelievable um on the interior but just these other guys were just so much better at in terms of scoring and i think defense too honestly except they're but, you know, Dirk have, what is it, 30, 35,000 career points? Or no, that's way too high. He definitely had over 30. He's in the 30,000. I mean, he's top team. 10, yeah, in scoring of all time. Yeah. The 4 and 5, KG and uh, Dirk were the toughest for me. I gave KG the edge just because of his, def- like, the defensive side of the floor. But Dirk is just a, he's just an incredible player. So unorthodox. But, like, yeah. really. 1,000 career points. Yeah, he changed. There's like, we need to get these big European guys after Dirk was drafted, and then none of them ended up being as good as Dirk. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I, I clearly, I thought like it was pretty clear that Tim Duncan was one. I guess you guys thought the same thing. Yeah, I don't think that can be argued. I think Tim Duncan, honestly, in people's top 10 of all time is frequently overlooked by people i mean just reading the basics from like just a little bio in his basketball reference 19 points 11 boards three assists per game just off the rip i can't see his block numbers on the screenshot i'd have i'd have to look it up but how many years was he in the league 20 uh yeah Mm, yeah okay so let's just say even if we're wrong 20 years in the league as close as 18 Okay, 18. So in those 18 years in the league, 15-time All-Star, 5-time champ, 15-time All-NBA, 15-time All-Defense, 97-98 All-Rookie, All-Star MVP in 2000, 3-time Finals MVP, 2-time just straight-up MVP, and the Rookie of the Year. Like, that is insane. (laughs) Except for three years of his career... Where And I'm pretty sure those were the three years at the end of his career. Not even like, so pretty much from the time he's a rookie to year 15 of his career, he's a top 15 player in the league, both all around and just defensively. (laughs) Never missed the playoffs in his entire career. Like, went went head to head against Shaq, who's the most dominant player of all time, Mm -hmm. debatably, and played better than him. (laughs) <laughs> just listen to these yeah. rookie year stats dude 
21 points per game, 12 rebounds per game, two and a half blocks, um, field goal percent, shooting 54% from the field, and he made the all-star team. That's as a rookie. Yeah. That's insane. Um, he did play four years of college, though. So, I mean, I think that helps more than people give it credit for, especially now in the NBA, because guys are just one and done every year. So you don't really know what the full effect is. And I feel like a lot of teams would rather take a chance on a guy that's just coming out as um, one and done rather than, you know, drafting a four-year person, which um, I think it pays off more often than not. I don't know how many years Kyle Kuzma was in the college, but uh, I'm pretty sure it was more than one, right? Or am I wrong about that? But he ended up being the 27 pick, and he's played way beyond those expectations. Mm-hmm. I think the years in college definitely help some players. I think some players probably just come out, and they aren't physically ready, and they get kind of beat up, and I just don't know. It's just also the maturity of being in college helps as well. You just learn so much, yeah, especially from your coaches. You know? But I can't blame them. If I was an 18-year-old kid, played one year of college basketball, and somebody's like, we'll give you $15 million to come play for us <laughs> right now, I'd be like, all right, I'm... I'm leaving. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'll come back later. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm um, taking that money for sure. And then, so here's the thing. You mentioned how, whether or not we have him listed as, like, would we consider him a center? And, like, he's played at that power forward position all the way up until, I mean, this basketball reference has him listed as center starting in 2007, but I, I'm pretty sure he didn't start playing center until... I want to say like 2015 when Aldridge yeah. got there. Mm-hmm. Or I think that was 2015, right? I could be wrong. It's close to around that time, like the end of his career. Um, even though he's played like a center for most of his career, I mean, even with David Robinson on the floor, there's kind of times where like they just kind of switch off as like the center. And I feel like he's just done that a ton, whether it was with him or Tiago Splitter or whoever it is. Um, he'd also play a lot of minutes just with him at center with no others big on the floor, maybe like Boris Diaw. Um, so I, I think there is an argument for him to be at center. Uh, I don't know. I just I feel like he's more just a power forward in general. I th- Yeah, I think he's one of... I think he's one of the last, like, power forwards. I think this is the one position that is really, like, not even existent in the nba anymore it's really just like an extended small forward usually someone that can just space the floor and i think he's one of like the last ones here's the thing so he made it work and i like you're saying it's kind of like going away but there is one player i think that does it exactly like he does um and i would say ad just same kind of mentality very good defense can easily move over to that center spot he could post up and play like the center um, and just somebody else spots up. I don't know. And he's also a good enough passer to make sure that the ball is getting to where it needs to be. Um, maybe not as good as Tim Duncan, but... More athletic, uh, too. But, yeah. 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 AD has that. a better handle as well. Like, he can face up at the three-point line and break somebody down off the dribble. The right. thing is, the r- right. the real question about Anthony Davis is, by the end of his career, because he's... He's going to be on this list, I'm assuming, at least for me. At some point. It's, it's just going to be how high he ends up. I don't think he's taking over Tim Duncan. I mean, 
Tim Duncan's career is just it's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. His resume is so <laughs> good, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But I mean, I mean AD's already behind the eight ball on that because in terms of postseason success, AD's had none for the most part. Yeah, non existent. Um, One playoff series. Yeah. And then like you're saying, just like off the bat, Tim Duncan's just been ridiculous. Um to like the numbers he averaged could have easily been a veteran that was in year eight. Mm-hmm. And that was that rookie, rookie year. year. Man. Um so I think Carl Malone at two is pretty obvious too. I, I had a hard time trying to put anybody else above him. I don't know about you guys. I it, looking looking at the numbers, it like Carl Malone belongs at one in terms of field goal percentage. I mean, he's averaged more points than Tim Duncan. Um, the only stat that Tim has on Malone is blocks, but I think a lot of what I weighed this on was that he played with John Stockton, and I think John Stockton made him made Carl Malone into what he is. Maybe not all the way, you know. But much better passer than than Tony Parker, and I just think Tim made a living off that bank shot and just changed the game. So that that's why I put Tim first. I just think Malone had Stockton to help him. Yeah, a big difference too is a there's a difference of eleven all defensive teams and three yeah. Finals mm-hmm. MVPs is is crazy too. But something that's funny is because you brought up how the power forward you're saying is like the most non-existent position because it's kind of like you just get all these wings and put around your one big if you even have that one big in the case of the Rockets you don't but the guy on our list that honestly made that into that is Dirk Nowitzki like he changed that he was like oh we can get a big or at least some a sizable wing to come out here and knock down this three ball look how much spacing we have with the rest of the court yeah his rookie year was not very good. I think a lot of the fans hated him. I think they called him Irk, Irk Nowitzki because they, <laughs> yeah. they, like, they didn't like his defense. And they're like, why is he shooting these threes? And I think he was shooting like close to 40%, which is just way below league average, especially for a big. Yeah, and then shooting. like his second, second, third year, he just, you know, he just picked up the three point. And it's just like, wow, he's, we're stretching the floor with a big. So he absolutely changed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, shooting 20% from three that rookie year is pretty bad. <laughs> I would probably question whether you should be doing it, too. Um, but it yeah, didn't work so, out for him. So I guess, so Tim is, yeah, easily the clear-cut one. Um, okay. I guess Carl would be our clear-cut, too, just based on his career success with in terms of just being able to score. Um, I don't think he's, I'm, all right, I'm not going to say he's the worst defender ever, but he's not... No nearly as good as Tim and probably not as good as Kevin Garnett who's on his list um but I don't think he's a slouch either uh his ability to just like run the floor though again like you pointed out though I think John Stockton is probably a lot of their like a main component yeah um, to his yeah. success it's just like every his numbers and everything and like in terms of where he got to I mean they made back-to-back finals they're in the playoffs just about every year um Actually, I don't even know. Was there a year where Carl Malone didn't make the playoffs? Yeah. At least when Stockton was there, Stockton never missed the playoffs. Okay, I do. I do know that. Yeah. So I mean, um, that's that's 
almost like Tim Duncan numbers. That'd be 16 straight <laughs> years of just making the playoffs. Yeah. So. yeah, I mean, that's just crazy. It's like for your entire career, you're never on a bad team. Yeah, and that definitely has to do with him. Not Obviously not all of it. Like We agree that Stockton is part of the reason, but um, yeah, so. I think they said like the most, I don't know, the most... Uh, the thing that you heard on at least the jazz and announcer radio was Stockton to Malone on the oop. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I credit a lot of that to Stockton, but I wouldn't say Malone was bad or he didn't do anything himself. Um, I'm looking at the numbers. I'm pretty sure he's made the playoffs every year of his career. I don't see... Yeah, he didn't miss a year where he didn't make the playoffs. That's crazy. Crazy. Yeah, you can't say that about many people, so I'll, I'll definitely, I don't know. His achievements are just wild. Um, second most points ever in NBA history, too. And his rebounding was just something else. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then, so I think where we start to get our disagreements were three through five. Um, who, I think Chance, you said you had Kevin Garnett at three? Uh, I had Barkley at three, KG at four. Okay, who was it? Frank, did you have someone else at three? I had Dirk at three and Barkley okay. four, KG five. All right, so me and Chance had Barkley at four, and you had Dirk at, th- or uh, me and Chance had Barkley at three, and you had Dirk at three. So what made you go with Dirk over uh, Charles? I think Dirk brought more to the table. I mean. I love Barkley, especially being a Sixers fan. Um, and being only 6'6", and the amount of rebounds that he got for your team, you know, it's something to, something to marvel at. But I think Dirk brought that three-point game, and he brought a new generation of big men who can shoot the ball. And just his post game is also incredible. I think he brought more just offensively and just changed the game in that regard. I mean, I can't discredit what Barkley has done. I think Barkley, you could argue, was the better defender. You know, but I just think, especially in today's era, I'd I'd rather have Dirk over Barkley. Yeah, that's tough to argue. I would love to see Charles Barkley play in today's era, though. I think he would, I mean, they would run him. He would pretty much, like, if you replace P.J. Tucker with Charles Barkley on the Rockets. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah, dude, put him on the Rockets. (laughs) Yeah, that, that would be incredible. But... Also, just, you know, the long list of nicknames for Charles Barkley. Sir Charles, the Round Mound of Rebound, the Chuckster, the Chuck Wagon, the Prince of Pizza, the Incredible Bulk, <laughs> the Leaning Tower of Pizza, and Bread Truck. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's got to count for something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, no, I had, I had Charles at three just because, you know, he, he won MVP. Had that finals appearance uh, against MJ, where obviously Michael won, never lost in the finals. 11 times All-NBA. Uh, you know, I just think his rebounding at his size especially was incredible. Still getting 22 points a game. I honestly think if he played the day, he probably would have worked to develop that three-point shot a little bit more. Because watching some of the games he played, he was a, he was willing to shoot it. It was just never a great shooter of it. I think that's something today they would have worked with him a lot on that he could have improved on. And I think that he would just be a great, like, he's kind of just what 
<laughs> like what Draymond Green wants to be, kind of. Yes. No shade to Draymond Green. <laughs> but <laughs> Charles Barkley is was nasty. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe not a great passer, but definitely a willing passer. He always made yeah. the right pass to the right person. Um, so, yeah. He had like a lot of trust in his teammates. Not to say Dirk didn't, but uh, I don't know. I just feel like when Dirk got the ball in the post, it was either just toss it back out to the guy on the same side or or try to do whatever he does. Um, whereas Chuck, I think he just got it and then read the defense before he did anything with it. It's like, all right, like this guy's gonna cut through. Let me see. Not there. Back down. And then once I get in there, let's see if anybody drops down. If not, I'm taking the shot. Like, I think he like very had like a game plan going in of like I'm gonna look for these certain things each time. Whereas Dirk, not to say he never had a game plan or wasn't a good passer, but um I just think Barkley is probably better in that spot too. No, yeah. I, I agree. I can't. I don't. I don't disagree. But uh, if all. we're going off things like that, like finals appearances and MVP, I mean, Dirk's also got an MVP. Um, he's made two finals. He's won an NBA championship. So, yeah, uh, Dirk was no slouch either. So I wanted to put Dirk higher higher on my list than I did. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. But I, he's he's one of my mm-hmm. favorite players to watch. <laughs> um, and then I had so I had KG at five. Where did you guys have KG? I had him one slot above Dirk at four. I had him at five. Okay, well. so me and Frank had him at five, and you had Dirk at four. So what made you put Dirk ahead of KG? Or no, KG ahead of Dirk. Yeah, so I had Dirk, five, KG, four. Main reasoning just being like KG is that defensive anchor. Like you put KG on your team, everybody, for some reason, everybody gets better at defense automatically. So I just like for what he brings to the defensive side of the floor. In the post game, he had the obviously he didn't have a fadeaway like Dirk, but he still had a nice little fade. He could get to the basket. He was more athletic. Like he could get the board, run the court, push it himself. Um, he had a pretty good handle on the ball. I think that KG just provided more in more aspects of the game, but I think that the scoring that Dirk had could have overpowered that as well as his shooting. So that was a really tough decision for me who I wanted to put four or five. Uh, but I threw KG at four just really because that def- uh, his defensive abilities gave him the edge on that one for me. Yeah, KG was insane. He, had, he was just so athletic. His handle was really pretty good for a big man. Honestly, like kind of like an AD before AD. Um, mm-hmm. just not allowed to do that as much. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I I agree with the defense thing. Obviously, way better defender. Um, I would say offense, pretty close. But I would give Dirk the edge. Obviously. Yeah. Um, I just think in terms of team success, though, like KG just never. If you look at all those Minnesota teams, he was on. They only had one run to the Western Conference Finals in 04 and then just didn't do that again. Um, even missed some playoffs. And then it took him when he got to Boston with three other guys to finally have consistency and then some injuries caught up with him and then he's fucking terrible on the Nets. I don't even want to talk about that. Um, <laughs> and then in Minnesota, it was just more of like a, you know, a farewell tour. It wasn't much else, so. 
um i think just all around like dirk was way more relevant um from like start to finish like teams are competitive just about every year um even when they weren't he was there being like the mentor um not to say kg wasn't doing that stuff but i don't know how much of an effect he actually had because cat's kind of a bitch so (laughs) 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 um yeah yeah, I'd be quick to move KG up to four or three on my list. I think he is just one of those players, especially when he got drafted, he just wanted to go at the best player. Like, I think he went at Mike in his rookie season, and he was showing up Mike in the first half, and then, you know, Mike, like, shit on him in the second half. But, uh, um, yeah, I think kind of like with him and Stockton, I think they're not – Maybe I think more of Stockton not really being talked about is because you're on one of those small market teams and just, you know, they just never won. And KG being on that Minnesota team where, you know, Wally Serbiak's in your top five options to go to. It's just a bad time. So, yeah, the Minnesota teams, he just never really had any help, but he, he was a feisty player. And I think that Boston Celtic team could have been a dynasty if it wasn't for the injuries that you alluded to, Mac. Um I think they could have won in 09, possibly. Um, but yeah, I, I just incredible. Incredible defensive anchor. And just an all-around just great player. And like you said, he used to take people off the dribble, too. I mean, that's... Yeah. Especially when he's younger. But yeah, I'd be quick to move him up, but I just don't think the success is right, there. So like, I'm not completely off. I guess I'm a little off. So he, he made the playoffs... Uh, what is this? I think one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight seasons with Minnesota, but they only made it out of the first round once. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it was getting swept. So it looks like he played three games twice. Um, looks like they lost in four, three times, and they only went to one five-game series in '98, and they got taken out in six when it switched over in 03 and then um the, again that the only time they made a run was that 04 team they went to the western conference finals and then they never made it back to the playoffs until he got the boston yeah that franchise has just been a been a laughing stock for a long time <laughs> unfortunately it's so weird they brought back everyone from that 04 team and they just i don't know i don't know what happened where'd they finish uh they didn't make the playoffs i wow. want to say they must have been close. Actually, I don't know. Probably oh, like 10. 05, 06. It was uh, 03, 04. Let me click on this. Uh, well, they finished. Oh, wait. It was the next season. 04, 05. So they finished 44 and 38. Which, looking at it, was ninth. Okay, so they got... They missed by... Two games to Memphis. One game to Memphis. All right, so they had a possibility of making it, but you know, if you if you're gonna put Kevin Garnett on a list like this high, like you gotta, I don't know, you really shouldn't be missing the playoffs with the same team that you oh, went yeah. to the Western Conference Finals with the year before. Um, I don't know, Chance, you got any more input on this? Uh, I think I'm ready for centers. All right. <laughs> Me too. All right. Uh, Frank, I'll let you start. All right. So I think it's just, it definitely, it gets dicey for me at two, but 
have, I have my reasons, but I can also see why other people should be above him. But my order is uh, Kareem at one, Hakeem at two, Shaq at three, Wilt at four, and Bill Russell at five. Hmm. Yeah, mine um, was... Um, I had the same five guys, different order. I had... Kareem won, I mean, all-time leading scorer in NBA history. That's got to count for something. <laughs> uh, most unstoppable move in basketball history also. I feel like that also is a factor. But so Kareem won, then I had Shaq two, then Hakeem three, then Bill Russell, then Wilt Chamberlain. The hardest part of this entire process was putting someone who averaged 30 points a game and 23 rebounds a game on their career <laughs> in the fifth best <laughs> spot on their position. So... I'm still not sure how I'm doing that, but it's just it's just where I have them. Uh, so I again I had cream one. Uh, I felt like that was given, like you said, just like completely changed the game. They took out dunking in college, so you had to create that skyhook shot, and it just became the most unstoppable thing ever. Um, then I had Shaq two, Will Chamberlain three, Hakeem four. And then Bill Russell five. Um, do we all have Bill yeah. Russell pretty low? Yeah, I have him at five with you. Huh. See, I had a tough time moving him higher. I know a lot of people have him like second, but I just I the, couldn't the 11, find myself rings. to put him ahead of any of these guys. I just feel like they're all so much better and kind of like built upon what he was already doing. And just did it better. And the team he had around him was just so good that it wasn't... I don't think it was just all Bill Russell. Um, that was the reason why they won those championships. Major reason, but not not completely like... Um, I mean, I guess none of these guys were completely the only reason either, but... No. I don't think they had yeah. as much help as Bill Russell. In terms of win share, Bill Russell is way ahead of all these guys. As far as defense, defensively, he was responsible for 100, 134 wins. And the next closest one is uh, Kareem at 94 and a half. So that's insane. Bill Russell definitely defensively. Yeah. My thing was, I had Bill, y'all both had Wilt in front of Bill, I believe. I had Bill in front of Wilt just because, I mean, obviously, Wilt Chamberlain's stats are like staggering. Like they're just ridiculous looking at the numbers that he put up. But they played in the same era, head-to-head -head in the same era. The Lakers were just as stacked as the Celtics. I mean, in the same era, they had Jerry West, Elgin Baylor. I mean, it was Celtics, Bill Russell, John Havlicek, Bob Cousy, those guys. But So head-to-head, -head, same era. Bill came out it with pretty evenly balanced teams, I would say. Bill came out with 11 championships is where Wilt came out with two. And I feel like... A lot of times it's hard to use the rings to compare these players, but when you're going back and forth in the same era, it's something that, you know, you, I feel yeah, like... Yeah, they're both clearly the best players of their era. Yeah. So I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. See, I, I don't know. I floated it back and forth between those two, but I also had some other thoughts. I'll let Frank go. I'd, I'd be quick to, to jump Wilt to two just because of the, the freak he was. I, I mean, he was the first freak before the Greek freak was born. Um, and he's just an Olympian. I mean, he, I don't know if there was a sport that he couldn't play. And he was just like, his physique was just freakish and his athletic ability is off the charts. So 
I'd be quick to move him to two. Again, the only reason why I have him and Bill down there is I like what you said, Chance, though. That kind of changed my mind a little bit about them going back and forth and being in the era. But for me, it is that era. I mean, they were playing against guys who were almost seven, eight inches smaller than them. A lot of them had second jobs. Some of them were plumbers. <laughs> like they, they just weren't making enough money from basketball. So I think it's just you look at the competition and it just it wasn't nearly as good as when you start entering into the late 70s and, and 80s. So I think that's just it for me. I think they would both still be really good in today's NBA. I just it's just hard to just it's hard to just imagine like how they would play. So that that's the only reason why I have them that low. I think Wilt would be fine. Um, that's yeah. honestly why I put him higher because I felt like his game would still translate because um, he's just so big and fast that it, he'd be able to just run the floor fine. Um, and I think he'd prosper off the, the idea of having so many shooters around him that actually allow yeah, him would, to go one-on-one -on -one with people. It, yeah, he'd fit in really well with the shooting team. You put him on today's Golden State. And um. You point out Bill Russell had 133 win shares on defense, but on offense yes. he had only 29 win shares. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he. I think he's just. He's pretty clear where he was, like what he was supposed to do. Um, in that era, in that era that didn't have three point shot. But so I don't know how many. You both had Hakeem, or was it Frank that had Hakeem? Too? I did. I did. And then Chance, did you have Hakeem too? I had Akeem three, Shaq two. Three. Okay, so Frank, what had what made you put? Because I this is the one I was kind of debating too was Hakeem and Shaq. Um, so what made you put Hakeem ahead of Shaq? This this was the thing I probably spent like an hour or two just <laughs> going back and forth because I just I just couldn't decide because Shaq is debatably the most dominant player in history and Giannis made to throne him soon or maybe he already has I don't know, but mm. um. I think Hakeem is just the better, well-rounded center when it came to those two. And I even watched highlights the other day of them in the 95 finals, just going back and forth, and neither one of them could stop each other. Um, but I'll point out a couple things from Hakeem's career is that literally coming out of college in his rookie season, he just immediately dominated. So in his second season, he was averaging 24 and 12 and three blocks on 53% shooting. And then that second season in the 86 Western Conference Finals, so he's going against Kareem, who still had a few years before he was going to retire. Uh, Hakeem averaged 31 and 11, two steals and four blocks on Kareem. And then in his 94 MVP season, where he was playing David Robinson four times a year, uh, he was playing against Shaq, Patrick Ewing, um, in the 95 Western Conference Finals, he averaged 35 and 13 and four blocks a game. And for his, for his prime, which I would say would be from 1986 to 96, he averaged nearly four blocks a game. I mean, he was the rebounding champ twice, the block leader three times, defensive player of the year twice, MVP. And he's only one of four players to record a quadruple double in history. And when they won the back-to-back -back championships, I mean, he didn't have... He had a supporting cast, but he was the lone all-star. I mean, they had Robert Horry, they had Kenny Smith, you know, but they, he was literally the lone person on those teams. So I just, I just think his, the dream shake and just the footwork that he had, just so crafty, 
And he was just more well-rounded, in my opinion, than Shaq because he could base the floor. He had a mid-range. Um, yeah, it, it, again, big toss-up between those two. I just, I think I would just take Hakeem over Shaq just for that. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a hell of a case. I would say <laughs> I I had a really hard time with them at, at two and three. Also, I the reason I gave Shaq the nudge was simply because of just the X factor of just that he could literally make grown men look like children <laughs> at any time <laughs> and just dunk on an entire team. I mean, I think that Hakeem is absolutely the more skilled player. He's he's more skilled, better defender too. But yeah. Shaq is just it's like when Shaq was locked in, ready to I mean, go. Shaq's no what what do you on do? defense either. No. No. No, yeah. he, he's a good defender. But Hakima is what all-time leading blocks leader in the NBA. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Two-time Defensive Player of the Year, nine-time All Defense. Yeah. It's just, I mean, these centers are just ridiculous, man. I'm hoping that we get a wave of centers that can compete with people like this. But you know, the way the day's NBA is going, who knows? Joel Embiid is the closest we have probably right now in terms of, and I guess Anthony Davis as well, but. <laughs> They both kind this of take what different I want approaches. Yeah, Hakeem. He played like that. Yeah. <laughs> Joel Embiid reaching his full potential is pretty much Hakeem Olajuwon. Well, so Frank brought up rookie year um, Hakeem stats, so I'm going to bring up some rookie year Shaq stats. So Shaq averaged 23.5 points per game rookie year, 3.5 blocks, 13, 14 rebounds per game, almost shooting 56% from the field. Um and let's see, where did his team finish? He made an all-star team. So I'm assuming they played pretty well. 44, 41-41. Oh, so they didn't make the playoffs. Um, so I the reason I had Shaq ahead of Hakeem um, is just because of his playmaking ability. I think Shaq's just such a better pass. Like, Shaq's such an underrated passer, dude. It's incredible some of the passes he would throw out of the post. Um I was also watching highlights from that finals as well as other games um, where him and Hakeem were matched up like one-on-one just because I was trying to see if I could find, like, figure this answer out just through watching them play <laughs> each other. And even that was hard. But I just felt like Shaq was just so dominant on a guy that's considered the best defender in NBA history. Like there's plays where he literally just fucking dunked on him. I was like, yeah. damn, that's ridiculous. Um, and there's plays where he was able to like move him back and kind of force him into a fader, and those shots were kind of 50-50. Um, and then just in terms of like his post, like his ability to pass out of post. See the Rockets when Hakeem threw it out, I felt like Hakeem wasn't making a crazy decision. Um, it's just more like, hey, they're doubling down. Let me toss it out. Um, where Shaq would do kind of like the Charles Barkley thing, like back down kind of read what's going on okay Horace Grant's gonna cut through do I hit him no um now what's my next option are they doubling do I have a three guy if not I'm just gonna drop step and dunk it on you um and he did that for so long like even at the Lakers he did the same thing with the triangle offense like hey this guy's gonna move through look for this all right now I'm just gonna go to work um so I just feel like all around on offense. Obviously, he didn't have the same mid-range game, um, but I, I just feel like Shaq never needed it just because of how fucking big he was. 
Yeah. She's like, I'm going to put my ass here, and that's where I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah. And, and you he did the, move me. Yeah, yeah and he did the so one big. thing that guys don't do anymore is he'd run down the floor and just establish position right underneath the hoop, and that was it. It was over. If you didn't beat him down the court, you were done. <laughs> yeah. So. The thing is, Shaq probably has the best career of anybody that you can look back on and still be like, you know what? If he... If he tried a little harder, he probably would have even been better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, as good as he was, it's like he could have been better. And that's he not even a slide against him. Twenty-five pounds, dude. Yeah, it's just like... Yeah, seriously. It's insane how dominant he was whenever he wanted. It's just whenever he wanted, he got exactly what he, he needed. I mean, they literally broke the game. They're like, we just have to foul him every time because at least he's a bad <laughs> free throw shooter because if he touches the ball, he's just going to dunk it. Didn't they allow you to do um, play zone or something? Like that was allowed again or something? Or something changed with defensive three. Something changed. Maybe they implemented implemented defensive three because guys were just camping it out, waiting for him to come. I don't know. There's some some kind of defensive rule change um, because of him. Just so they could like give teams a fair chance. <laughs> like that's how bad it was. Yeah. So I think whenever you you make a rule change, um, I you are my favorite. <laughs> so that's yeah. why Kareem. That's why you know Kareem you're won. not allowed to dunk Shaq. It's like we're, there's new defensive rules. Um, <laughs> so like automatically you kind of just move up my list. Uh, yeah. After these, honestly, dude, these guys were just like my top five. And after looking at these five. I didn't have any that like stood out to me where I was like, oh maybe. Like me either. Um Yeah, I don't even want to say names because I just feel like they're not in the same category. Yeah, clear cut five best centers of all time, in my opinion. Where would you where would you guys put uh Patrick Ewing? Is he anywhere close? Um I mean, yeah, he's gotta be close. I mean he's gotta be top ten. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've slowly changed my mind on Patrick Ewing. I still think people overrate him a little too much. Um, but, like, watching his game, I, he definitely was not a bad player at all. I think I just like to not like the Knicks sometimes, but... Yeah, um, I think that's why. <laughs> his mid-range game was really good. I think, I think the closest player I had was David Robinson, if anyone. Yeah, he was I don't know if you guys have insane. him close. I don't, how many defensive player years did he win? I know he won a ton. You just you pair him with Tim Duncan, and it's just like Jesus, man. Yeah, stupid. <laughs> but even even Robinson was dominated by Kareem. Eight times oh. all defensive, ninety four, ninety five MVP. And dude, if you look at um his success, it's the same thing. Like they, the Spurs didn't miss any playoffs. Um, except I think like one year or something like that, and that's how they end up getting Tim Duncan. So, yeah, great, great um, coaching, and just even when players were leaving or retiring, they just they had solid fill, fill players. So always had a solid team. Yeah, no, I I think David Robinson would probably be one of the closer ones for me too. Yeah, his offensive Dwight game just on this not list? the same. But or you think it's like he's Dwight? Yeah. Uh, Can he even come close? Yeah, to no, Bill? he's just. I think he's just so much better than. Like, I think, well, I think Bill's way better. I think David Robinson, yeah. like, there's guys that are 
further down the list that are better than Joy. Actually, I'm looking at David Robinson's numbers, and they're pretty crazy. Man averaged like 25 to 30 points per game. Yeah. <laughs> Easily 10 rebounds per game. I knew his defense was good. I just didn't know he scored like that. Um, I don't know. I don't. I think for Joy, it's over. He's on the back end. He's yeah. just kind of doing what he needs to do, just like these guys were doing towards the end of their careers. Um, so his chances, it's come and gone. I think he kind of blew it when he left Orlando. Yeah. Um, not to say he's not going to be a Hall of Famer. I think he's a Hall of Famer easy. I just don't know if he's a top 10 center of mine all time. I guess he might be. Probably have Patrick and Dave Robinson ahead of him. Like he's got a few years, but I, yeah, I think he's past doing any damage as far as yeah. moving up. Hall of Famer, yeah. I'd agree. Oh, another guy. So this guy I was looking at for this spot, and I don't, I didn't want to put him in here just because of injuries, but I think Bill Walton is such an underrated center to ever play, dude. He was amazing. Like, he could do so much, and it's just his ability to score, his rebounding, his defense, um, very athletic. Just injuries killed his career. So, um, I saw I saw something that he only had like he only had like two really good dominant. Other than that, it was like he didn't do too much. I don't know. I could be wrong. I haven't really. Well, so he was injured a lot. He was so in college. He was injured um, multiple times. He played with a back brace on for like half his college career. Uh, gets the NBA. Only played 35 games his first season, 51 his second. The year they won the title, he played 65. I think that was the year they won the title. Um, 13 rebounds. <laughs> dude, just unbelievable. Three blocks, wow. 58 games. Then he broke his foot. Then he signs with... Or actually, I think he broke his foot when he signed with San Diego, which was the Clippers at the time. Um, then he only played 14 games, re-injured that same foot, missed two seasons... Like, this is probably what Greg Oden's career would have looked like if Greg Oden just kept playing. Dude, why is why is it always Portland? Like Greg Oden, Walton, <laughs> Brandon Roy. It's like players are just gonna have to. The only players. season where he had a lot of success was with Boston. He played eighty games. Like that was the only year he was healthy. Um, he's a six man on that team. Portland, I'd just request a trade, I guess. Unless you're Damian <laughs> Lillard, in which case yeah. you'll have a great career, but <laughs> not amount to. Too many wins. Uh, something's I mean, regular happen. season wins for, for sure. Yeah, I mean, even these these box score numbers don't do its justice. Like if you like, even just watching games of him play, he's just so freaking dominant. It's insane. Um, and he was so athletic. You wouldn't know because I think a lot of people only remember him in Boston, helping that team win a championship. I'm pretty sure that Boston mm -hmm. team won a championship. Yeah, but um, it's like he he did. He was able to do so much more before he became a six-man. Um, it's just injuries destroyed his career. Sucks. Uh, I don't know. Do you guys have anything else you want to input on any of these? I mean, I'm good so far, I think. Unless anybody yeah. else has something. I think, I think, going back to small forwards, the only other person I was considering, and I really didn't know much about was Rick Barry. I feel like 
people don't talk about him. The old underhanded free throw. Yeah. I mean, I think he did he did a lot in the 70s bringing those teams. I mean, he was he was a scoring champ a few times on a Golden State team that really didn't have anyone else and was playing against I think he in the finals he played against Will Chamberlain's Sixers and I'm pretty sure they lost, but I mean, he was averaging like 35 points a game. I think in that finals game or that series, he was averaging like 40. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I still don't know much about him, but I know a lot of people talk about him being one of the goats. So, I think people don't give enough credit to guys that played before um, like the modern era. Yeah. Because uh, they're all good ball players, and I'm pretty sure if anything, if they were allowed because I'm pretty sure they were just not playing in the off season. Like it was like, ah, I'll like shoot maybe once every couple of days or something. But now it's like, it's a lifestyle. Did you go and you train every day? And then, you know, there's like certain things that you do outside of just training for basketball. Like got to keep your body in a certain shape. Got to eat a certain way. Um, yeah. I think that's all just like, if they were forced to do that, um, it'd be so different because they would just I think they'd be fine with any transition today to today's NBA um I mean I guess the competition would be tougher because there are more people playing basketball than there were then but uh I I don't think there'd be like a drastic drop off where like this guy just can't play so yeah I definitely don't think that's the case for Will or even Bill they they terrific players like it's just it's just hard for me to imagine yeah, like some of the older players I had on here were Oscar Robertson, Elgin Baylor, um, and then heck, Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell. Like out of those, those guys I think would be fine. I think they would still be able to play today. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, just it's a matter just of to... like changing your game a little bit. But it's not like none of them could shoot. It's just when you're just that much more dominant than guys, like why yeah. stray from what you do? Like do what you do best. If yeah. that's backing your guy down, just dominating him in the post and like that's what you're gonna do to get a basket. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of them when they were coming in the league, like the three point line wasn't invented, so it just wasn't, it just wasn't emphasized. So it wasn't. I, I think they, could, yeah, they could easily adapt, though. I feel like. So. Um. All right. So I think that's gonna wrap this up. We're coming up on way over our normal time. So, uh, chance. Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Chance Caudill. The last name is spelled C-A-U-D-I-L-L. And actually, it's either Twitter or Instagram. And then there's Chance Caudill 42. I'm honestly not sure which one's which. <laughs> but if you can't find me with one, just plug a 42 in after it. And then I should <laughs> pop up. And they can find me at Swaynatra, S-W-A-E-N-A-T-R-A on Instagram or Twitter. Um, and you can find me, Mackie Ireland, on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find Rim Grazers on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you do your social media. You can listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, YouTube, and SoundCloud. And we're getting more and more um, websites each day. So if there's a specific platform you're listening on, chances are we'll be there soon enough. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Peace.